The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. If you're ever in the Chicagoland area, make sure you stop by Christ Universal Temple. Go to our website, www.cutemple.org, that's www.cutemple.org, and find out our information, check us out, see what we're doing. And you can also go to the multimedia page and watch archived sermons. So make sure that you get connected to us and with us. We would love for you to be a part of our ministry at any level that you can participate. I'm in the middle of, or not at the middle of, I'm actually, this is the second week of a new series titled, What Are You? And it's based on the book, What Are You? by Imelda Shanklin. Imelda Shanklin was an old school unity writer. Uh, And the book, What Are You? in my opinion, is one of the most fundamentally sound metaphysical books I've ever read. And as I mentioned last week, it was actually the very first book I taught in the Johnny Coleman Institute in Chicago. So the book has a warm uh, space and place in my heart. But more importantly, I think that it's a book that if you read and work with it can change your life. It's a game changer without a shadow of a doubt. I did request last week for you to get the book. And one of the parishioners of uh, Christ Universal Temple actually found a link with the book, a PDF file that I posted on my Facebook page. So people who might have a hard time getting a hardcover book for whatever reason or a softcover book can go to my Truth Transformed with Reverend Galen McDowell page and uh, just look on the page. uh, It's been posted a couple of times and Download it yourself if you so choose or read it from however you need to work it out. But one way or another, get the book, read ahead, 
or after you listen to the lessons on podcasts or where, you know, you know, you might be joining this this week and you didn't know about it last week. Get caught up. I'm teaching it week after week. And I want to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to practically work these principles. Now, the reason why I teach in series is because I want people to have a systematic way of learning things, because that's the way I learned. When I became a member of Christ Universal Temple, and I, one of the things that Reverend Coleman had was the Johnny Coleman Institute, and it was the systematic study of the principles espoused by the Universal Foundation for Better Living. And we took class after class. And so if we studied, uh, uh, and then it was 15-week uh, classes. So what I, And we learned something chapter by chapter. Sometimes, you know, we took three weeks on one chapter to make sure that we really got it. Well, I'm not going to spend three cha- weeks on one chapter, and I easily could do that. I could easily teach what are you for a full year and still not exhaust it, but I'm not doing that. What I want to do is expose you to the material. You read it, and then you can work with it, and then hopefully bless others with your transformed life and and then pass your knowledge on so they can then transform others with their transformed lives and so on and so on and so on. So let's get to it. Uh, the second chapter is you are what you think. You are what you think. And we're starting on, and my book is page 22. The first sentence is your mind is your world. If you have a highlighter, make sure you highlight that. Your mind is your world. Now, it didn't say your mind is the world, meaning the planet. Your mind is your world, meaning it is the totality of your experience. Another way of saying it is the way Emmett Fox wrote it. Life is consciousness. Life is consciousness. And when I understand that life is consciousness or my mind is my world or your mind is your world, then that gives me a handle or a starting point to start making changes in my life. He goes on to say, your thoughts are the tools with which you carve your life story on the substance of the universe. Your thoughts are tools. That's another way of looking at it. So you have to make sure that you have the right tool for the right job. So when you want to shape or carve out your life story on the substance of the universe, that means that your thoughts shape and form the experience of you. So he go, she goes on and writes, when you rule your mind, you rule your world. When you choose your thoughts, you choose results. I love that. When you rule your mind. Now, let's be clear on what the word rule means. That means you're in charge. When you rule your mind, that means you have complete control. Like a ruler. A ruler, for instance, is different than a president in In uh, the United States of America, we have a democracy and a president and and a House of Representatives and a Senate and a and a Supreme Court that checks and balances. So nobody can just completely rule. But in some countries, they have dictators, they're rulers. Their word is law. 
So the question is, are you the ruler of your mind? Okay, the ruler of your mind. In other words, you think one thing, but you feel something else. You say stuff when it's not appropriate to say. You do things that are inconsistent with the good that you desire. If those things are happening, that means you're not the ruler of your mind. You're not choosing your thoughts. Therefore, you're not choosing your results. Now, you can be the ruler and not know it. And if you don't know it, then you can't benefit from it. You know, sort of like those movies where where a person is a prince or princess and they don't know it and they live like a pauper. And then through some events of the movie, they discover that they're a prince or a princess. And when they discover who they are and then they come back to rightfully reclaim or claim the throne is given to them. But you got to know who you are. You know, uh, or you can know who you are and run away from the responsibility of what it means to be a ruler, like in The Lion King, where Simba knew that his dad was the king and he was the prince, but because he blamed himself for what happened to his father, he walked away from the responsibility of being the ruler and his kingdom was then ruled by his uncle, which if we take the symbology of that, when we are not taking conscious control of our minds, our kingdom becomes, um, what's the word I want to use? It becomes messy, ugly. Uh, uh, The people had famine. There was no joy. Even the color scheme, if you watch that movie, and and I love The Lion King, um, was dark, shadowy. And when when Simba or his dad was running, it it was life and full of energy and people were happy. Well, when when you're not the ruler of your mind, you can find yourself not only depressed, but in, uh, in depressing conditions around depressing people. So it's important that you realize that if you are not ruling your mind, your mind will take you somewhere you might not want to go because you are what you think. And when it says when you choose your thoughts, you choose results. One of the things that I um, use as a model in one of my classes at the at Christ Universal Temple, my mastermind for success class is event plus response equals outcome. I got that from Jack Canfield's book, uh, Success Principles. Event plus response equals outcome. E plus R equals O. We even had little um, wristbands made with E plus R equals Oh, and 100% responsibility on them and, and and sold them in the bookstore because it was important for me to use it as a class in the class to remind people that you choose your thoughts. Even when something pre- is presented and you're like, how in the heck did this happen? You are still responsible for your response. And your response will determine the outcome or the result. You know, uh, even if the appearance comes another certain way, it's you who have to remind yourself to think in alignment with truth. That matters. All right.
Now, he goes on and says, and again, I'm not covering every every point of the chapter because we're 12 minutes in now and I've only dealt with the first three sentences. But that's how powerful this book is. On page 23, he writes, you are responsible for and responsible to everything that has existence in the realm of your abode. In other words, that's a part of that which is a part of your consciousness, your life. It's in your space. Okay, now, because the person's in your space, for instance, not saying that you're responsible for the person, but you're responsible for them being in your space. If you don't want a person in your space or you want people in your space, then that has a lot to do with the vibe that you that you radiate and you attract. It says, train your mind to react sanely to the seedings of human consciousness. Disorder exists for while for you while you acknowledge it. In other words, when we allow our minds to get trapped in the mess, we expand it. Where my attention goes, the power flows. So it's good to put our attention on the good we seek to express or the change we want to happen. You know, many people get caught up in the problem and never become solution oriented. In other words, they'll tell you this is what I'm against and that's great, but also know what you're for. You know, this was part of, for instance, the civil rights era in the United States in the late fifties and and the sixties that they, they were against the racism, but they were for equal right, equal treatment, equal opportunity. And that same movement not only benefited African-Americans, but it also benefited Hispanics, Asians, uh, Polynesians, and anybody else that that's in America that's non-white. Because the idea was about the oneness of humanity. So the idea was, was, was given birth out of the black church and black leaders, but it then evolved to being picked up. And when you see people in some of these countries now where they're just not, ha- you know, you see these uprisings. So a lot of it has to do with people are, are, are saying we want freedom. We want freedom. They might not even know what it completely looks like yet, but they want freedom because the soul instinctively pushes back against that which represses it. But you have to have enough mental power, mental stamina to be able to stay on that idea and carry it out to its conclusion. Many people say, I want to be free. I want to be prosperous. I want to be healthy. I want to be peaceful. I want good relationships. I want uh, success at work. But they are not they're not necessarily consistent with their minds. In other words, can you get an idea, work with it, and stay with it all the way into completion? In other words, when distractions come, when things pop up, when things try to put on your time, your energy, your money, your resources, where you can stay completely focused on what you say you desire. As Jacob, as he wrestled with the man who in the story ends up being God, he says, I'm not going to let you go 
until you bless me. See, part of understanding that your mind is your world and when you choose your thoughts, you choose results is you not only have to choose. But the act of that choice has to be continually done over and over again until it becomes habitual thinking. But there will always be opportunities for you to choose. When a person gets married and they say, I do, they're not saying I do once. They're saying I do every time an opportunity comes up for them to make them potentially um, violate their wedding vows. So you say, I do, you're a guy and you say, I do, and then you're at work and the lady hits on you and you turn her down. You're saying, I do to the marriage, not just stay away from me to the woman. You you have to consistently make that choice over and over and over again. So he says one of the ways to, um, to work with it is, he says on the bottom of page 23, he says to accept the unseen good as real is to strengthen your mind and habits of correct thinking. So we have to learn how to think in alignment with good that we don't necessarily see initially and have the feeling or the conviction of it being real when there's no factual proof. That's the part that we have to work with. That's the part that makes us really work with what it means to work with our minds. Again, that's why I'm asking you to read the book yourself because I'm not going to be able to teach all the points in this chapter. Well, let me not say I I won't. I'm not because it would take me a long time and I don't want to teach the book for a month or for a whole year. Now, uh, we're about a minute away from our our first break. So let me remind you that uh, this show and uh, all the shows on Unity Online Radio are supported by your donations. Therefore, as you have freely received, freely give. So there's a donate button. Click on it. However, you are guided or you choose to to uh, give to support this ministry is appreciated. And know as you give, it is given back to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. You're planting the seed for your own harvest. Again, I want to remind you that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Make sure you go on it, that you like it, that you share stuff that you see that's nice on it. Um, I think that you can get some benefit from it. If you're not on Facebook, now you've got a good reason to get a Facebook page. So we're going to take our first break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. He's the most talked about figure in history. How do you see Jesus? As a savior, a way shower, a mythical hero. In his cutting-edge new book, Jesus 2.1, An Upgrade for the 21st Century, Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard explores the many human concepts of Jesus. The man of Nazareth has been an imaginary spiritual playmate for millions. Best friend, confidant, silent lover, surrogate father, brother, husband, 
trusted king when earthly governments fail, all-purpose superhero who will save the day before the final credits roll. Jesus is like a program that has been adapted through the ages while the basic code remains undisturbed despite all subsequent modifications. Now it is our time to rewrite and reinstall the Jesus program with updates for today, just as every previous generation has done and every subsequent generation will do. The Romans killed Jesus for being a revolutionary. Every succeeding generation kills him anew by losing sight of the ongoing revolution in human consciousness that he represents. Explore the new book, Jesus 2.1, at www.shopunity.org. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I am teaching What Are You? And I'm on page 24 of the second chapter, You Are What You Think. If you do want to call in, you can call me at 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. All right. On page 24, he writes, everything originates in mind. That in and of itself is a statement that needs to land by itself. Everything originates in mind. I wrote next ne- in the column next to that in my book, all causation is mental. Make a note of that. All causation is mental. I am always cause. I am always cause in my experience. You say, well, I didn't want this to happen. I didn't expect this. I didn't say I wanted, et cetera, et cetera. If you ever want to take the power back in your life, you have to firmly stand on. I am cause in my life. Everything else is a is an effect. I am cause if this, and everything else is an effect. I am cause. All causation is mental all causation 
is mental. All causation is mental. Everything originates in mind. Even the stuff that we see out here, from the things we celebrate to the things we despise, started with somebody's thinking. Everything we utilize, the technologies and et cetera, started as a thought in somebody's mind. Because everything originates in mind. Even what we call the universe originates in the mind of God. Because the universe is just in the larger cosmic way of thinking is an idea in the mind of God. And we are aspect of that. And the idea is empowered to produce itself. To duplicate or replicate itself. So, you, for instance, you don't have to pray necessarily to have babies. Males and females, when they interact in a particular kind of way, produce the experience of pregnancy and then childbirth. You know, it, it, it makes me laugh because I remember hearing a teacher and I won't say who said it, that it should be something more to uh, having babies than, than than sex alone. In other words, because some people uh, don't take the responsibility of having children as seriously as they need to. That being said, it's idiot proof. In other words, you don't have to, <laughs> the intelligence is built in the act to produce more human beings. Everything originates in the mind. And you don't even have to consciously use all the aspects. It's built in. Now, moving on. He goes on to say, begin now to school your impulses and your feelings. I like the word school. Educate. Train. Develop. Begin now to train your impulses and feelings. Begin to 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 cultivate your impulses and your feelings. Begin now to train your impulses and feelings. Begin now to discipline your impulses and your feelings. Take control. Take control. He goes on to say, the next paragraph, anything now in your life can be resolved into its mental form. As a mental form, it can be reduced and finally erased. So what he's talking about from the standpoint, if you're dealing with something right now in life, get behind the thought of it and dissolve the belief about it. And then what corrective thoughts, feelings, and actions need to go along with it. Because we can think one way, but if our feelings are, are are going in a different direction, feelings being subconscious, feelings being a part of our, our subjective nature, many times it's unconscious, it's habitual, they will win the day. That's why people can, you know, go on a binge and work out and exercise and whatever. And, you know, the Luther Vandrosses and some of the other people who, you know, uh, uh, 
who would gain weight and and then lose weight and gain weight and lose weight because to a certain extent that habitual way of thinking will outlast that temporary motivation. Motivation is great. Transformation is better. All right. He goes on to say, uh, when people say, I, I know, I, I do not know why this thing came into my life. I never invited it. You, she says, you consciously did not invite it, but you shaped it. And what your mind shapes will come into manifest. Your salvation lies in erasing the causes of things unwholesome in your life. Your life is what you think. Think straight. I wrote think and feel straight. And your life will become straight for you. Think and feel straight. And your life will become straight for you. And what is straight? Straight means in alignment with divine principle. In alignment with divine principle. That's all that can be said. In alignment with divine principle. Then she writes, a thing that is in process of forming can be more quickly erased than a thing that has become manifest. In other words, it's easier to stop it at the thought feeling level before it becomes a manifested thing. But most of the time, we don't necessarily give ourselves that advantage. Therefore, when once it shows up, now you got to work a little bit harder. Sometimes a lot a bit harder, depending on what it is and how deeply ingrained it is in not only your psyche, but possibly in your experience. Meaning that you have to put some work in. Now, I'm going to skip over a couple of things. She starts talking about there's only one mind, mind of God, et cetera, et cetera. And she starts talking about on page 26, the superconscious, consciousness, superconsciousness, consciousness, and subconsciousness. What we sometimes call superconscious mind, conscious mind, and subconscious mind. Aspects of mind, of the same mind, because they're just our, our awareness of the one mind that we call God. Now, but I'm not drilling down into that. She explains it well in the book. Read the book on your own. Now, she writes on page 26, there's one basic fact in life which you must accept. That fact is that life in and of itself is perfect. There's another fact, auxiliary to the basic fact. That fact is that you can and usually do misunderstand and mishandle the perfect perfectness of life. Now, why would uh, anyone say life is perfect, considering what we see on the planet? Here's why. God is life. And life, therefore, is perfect, whole, and complete. But how I experience life and what I make of the life that is God is determined by my thinking, my feelings, my beliefs. And I'm just going to sum it up in one word, context. How do I see life? What am I seeing from? Not just what am I looking at? Because sometimes we say what I look at and, and we, 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 we play with words. It's not so much as what I'm looking at. It's what I'm looking from that determines how I see what I'm looking at. 
what is my mental paradigm? That's key. That's key. Reverend Ike says it this way. He says, I am is your first name. Unformed awareness. He says, but what you add to I am is your last name. So, you know, I am rich, I am health, I am peace, I am whatever. And see, we think many times when we just say I am, that's the only time we're saying I am, but it's not. Emmett Fox rightfully teaches us in the mental equivalent and in life is consciousness. Anything that we mentally associate, that we mentally associate with is saying I am. The moment you allow your mind to attach itself to a concept, an idea, an ideology, um, uh, or anything that's, uh, you know, you know, religion, philosophy, uh, economics, social economic background, race, gender, whatever you're saying, I am that. So be mindful that when you say I am that. By your mental association, you have to get that which is consistent with that which you are claiming to be. Now you're saying, well, I'm not saying I am, but I'm, hear me. It's not just saying I am. It's saying, I'm saying whatever you mentally associate with, you're saying I am too. That matters. That matters. All right. He, she writes, you are doing the living and your life is what you make it. All right. So she goes in and explains the superconsciousness. I'm going to move through this because I've taught this many times on the show. Superconsciousness is the field of, of inspiration. It supplies you with ideals. It is it's activity in the race is called progress or evolution. It contains all that has permanence. It's direct speak to you. Speak speech to you is intuition. Some people call it the still small voice. Some people call it Christ consciousness, the mind of God in you, Christ mind, uh, secret place, the kingdom of heaven. Um, it's, it's, it's that ideal, whole, perfect, whole and complete awareness that resides within you. Kingdom of God within you is many terms. Then she explains about the subconscious on page 27. She says subconscious is memory and body. It is. Uh, she talks about it, what is called race consciousness. I don't. I wouldn't say the subconscious is race consciousness. I would say it's impressed by it. But I get her point. Uh, race consciousness is sort of like a universal subconscious that affects all people. In other words, these are the dominant beliefs that we accept as human beings about life, God, the universe, ourselves, and others. It goes on and says, it retains the impress of all your wise and all of your unwise acts. In other words, what you impress upon the subconscious mind plays back. It's, you impress the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind expresses what is impressed. Okay, disposing the unwise things of the subconscious by the substitution of superconscious wisdom will be the hardest work that you will ever, excuse me, that you ever will have to do. Hardest but unavoidable. What you do today will not have to be done tomorrow. So much of our spiritual growth is retraining the subconscious mind. Cleaning out the error, replacing it with true thoughts, 
true ideas, true ideals, true beliefs. Because because it's subconscious, we work it out, we 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 play out that which has been impressed upon it. But we need to be mindful. All right. Then she talks about the consciousness or conscious mind. In this sense, she's using the whole term, really conscious mind. She says to control your life, you must take command of consciousness and consciously, emphatically determined to think in accord with super consciousness. Now, in other words, you have to make your conscious mind stay in alignment as much as you possibly can with your superconscious mind or your spiritual intelligence or your divine mind in you. And she, she writes this method, method, excuse me, this method pursued without deviation cleanses subconsciousness and prevents the accumulation of additional errors. So in other words, you have to, as the scripture says, I'll keep them in perfect peace with mind and state on thee. You got to keep your mind stayed on the truth of God in you and the truth of God in the in your life, world and affairs and the truth of God, not only in your life, but in the life of all others. All right. And then she talks about how we gain things through perception and our senses and things of that nature. And then she says on page 28, which I think is really powerful, you are governed by your feelings more than you realize you are swayed by your likes and your dislikes you should yield only to the truth of life that underlies all situations so what she's saying is you know we get caught up in our feelings and our feelings are really driving our behavior even when we know better even when we know better they're still driving our behavior and we need to acknowledge that even when we know better many times we don't do better because knowledge is only potential power. People say, well, knowledge is power. It's not. It's potential power. Use knowledge or activated knowledge is power in the sense of you're doing something with it. You know, if you have an automobile in your driveway and you sit in a car and you don't turn the ignition on, and you don't have gas in the car and oil and all the things needed for a car to run properly. But say all those things are done. And the only thing that needs to happen is not only do you turn the car on because the power is on, but now you have to shift the car into drive and steer it. Even a car that is on, in other words, you turn the ignition on, the motor is going, is only potential power is not in and of itself power until it goes somewhere that car can stay there on in your driveway never move you never get to where you want to go and the car has the power to take you to your destiny or your destination your mind has the power to take you to your destiny or destination i don't mean destiny like it's pre-approved i mean from the from the space of where your soul is seeking to express and go so keep that in mind. If you if your life isn't where you want it to be right now, you're sitting in the car, your hands are on the steering wheel, the ignition has been turned on, and you haven't shifted gears. Shift the gears. Put the power in motion, and your mind will take you where you want to go. 
Uh, we're coming up on our last break, so we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. You have a coach in your corner, a life coach that is. Like a coach in sports, a life coach can help you set clear goals and develop the confidence and tools you need to achieve them. Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesdays at 3 p.m. for Vibrant Living on Unity Online Radio. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to help make your life more focused, more meaningful, and more vibrant. Do you have a specific issue or topic you'd like to discuss with Coach Carla? Call in toll-free Tuesdays at 3 p.m. during Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back. We're on page 28, and and as I stated before, there's no way that um, in one week I could teach this whole chapter online. I could, but I wouldn't do it justice. I'd rather give you some key points and you read the rest of the chapter. So make sure you get the book. You buy it. You go online. Um, you go to my Facebook page. It's a, it's a free PDF version of it. One way or another, get the book and do the reading yourself. Do the reading yourself. I guarantee you that if you work with this book and you practice it, you will notice some differences in your life. All right. Now, he says, talks about um, letting the will of God be done in you. And he talks about our good, um, you know, human stubbornness can't defy the kingdom of heaven. And I love how he says that kingdom holds your good and trust. When you are willing to receive your good as good, it will be given to you, but not even you can rob you. I love that. So when you don't know who you are, your good is just potential, waiting for it. All right, I have a caller coming in, uh, Judy. Judy, are you there? Hey, Jalen, how are you today? I'm excellent. How about yourself? I'm good. Very, very good. You have so a, you have my a, question, I have a question, actually. It's on page 32 
which I know is a few pages ahead of where you are. I wasn't sure how long, you know, I'd be waiting when I called in, but I know that this is the last segment before the show goes off, and I wanted to get it in. Okay. So on page 32, um, that second paragraph, it starts with, until you have cleansed your mind of human desire, um, and then it goes on. And the thing that really sort of caught me was she said the very end, then you will have less need to demonstrate. Um, and that sort of caught me off guard simply because I thought that was the whole point of everything that we do in training our minds and, and you know, trying to think on good things and so on and so forth um, is to demonstrate. So she, it sounds like a negative thing almost when she says, well, you'll have less need to demonstrate. Can you comment on that or provide some clarity? Yeah, I, I, yeah you know, I, I don't know if it will provide clarity, but I can comment. Um, I look okay. at this in a, a couple of ways. One, um, I look at two words. One of them is need. Um, the word need means that you feel as though you ha- there's something you don't have. So many times people, when they are feeling as though that I have to work the truth to make this demonstration, she's saying, if you get in the flow, there'll be a ne- less of a need to have to necessarily feel as though you got to, from scratch, create everything as your good in your space. Because when you're in the divine flow, the will of God, et cetera, et cetera, your, your experience is in a, an alignment with the good that is already there. So your demonstration is a natural outworking of your, for lack of terms, standard state of consciousness. See, mm-hmm. it, it put put the whole paragraph in context. Uh, she's talking about how we have, you know, getting to the point of, when she says human desire, she's not talking about it from the standpoint of desire as the impulse of spirit. She's talking about how that, you know, we want to keep up with the Joneses, how we, um, you know, let me put it, rephrase it. She's talking about ego driven desire. If there's, if there is okay. such a thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when she says, uh, she says, I would, uh, if she says, if human desire has made you happy and wise, all these ge- generations, I would tell you, I would not tell you to cleanse yourself of it, but it has made you unhappy. In other words, we think the accumulation of stuff is what makes us happy. But the accumulation of a thing in and of itself doesn't make us happy. It is who we are. And who we are should produce the things that 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 are in alignment with our state of happiness. In other words, you know, there you know, we see this in entertainment all the time. Athletes, uh actors, actresses, uh entertainers, etc., who have what the world says is success and fame, but they are not happy. They have money, they have fame, they have the houses, they have the, 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 you know, the honor and respect of all these people, but something's missing. So, so when she's saying, do not, do not ask to be made able to defy life and to prosper in defiance. In other words, I want to, you know, I want to get ahead and succeed and whatever, but not necessarily from a holistic standpoint, not necessarily from a standpoint that's based upon love, wisdom, and divine order. Ask for wisdom that you will that will enable you to ask wisely. Why? In other words, how am I working in alignment with the truth that I am? 
the prayer will be granted and then you will have less need. See, again, the word is need. And see, because, yes, the idea is to demonstrate because there's no such thing as undemonstrated understanding. But uh, many times people make that the goal of life instead of being happy. In other words, there are people who are go-getters in life. But but be mindful of the reason why you do a thing. Be mindful. Because many times um, uh, we succeed in life, and some people are succeeding in life because they're trying to prove their mama wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to show you that I can make it. I'm going to show you that I can whatever. So many times we're seeking to demonstrate out of defiance. Now we are successful, then what? Mm-hmm. So from a new thought perspective, prosperity is total well-being. Total well-being. Not a material thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm not even just going to say just. It's not. It's, it includes material. Mm-hmm. It includes peace of mind. It includes health and body. It includes money. It includes success. It includes loving, harmonious relationships. It includes fun. It includes peace. It includes divine order. Mm-hmm. Because if we have those things, we don't feel as though that we have to we have to become demonstration machines that have to prove. If is my demonstration the proving of something against someone or is it, you know, for instance, um, you know, um, a, a, a good example, a, a good example of this is when you see, as I talked about earlier, when you hear people who, who have massive success and many times it's because they're trying to prove someone else wrong. My mother never believed in me. My dad never showed up or whatever. So they're constantly trying to show that they're good enough, that they're successful, Mm -hmm. but it's never enough. Mm -hmm. So your intent behind why you do a thing matters because you can get the same result with different intention. Mm -hmm. And what I mean result meaning outwardly, but inwardly, you don't have the same experience. You don't have that. You don't have that piece. Right. If a person comes up, you know, the, you know, a person can say I love you because they literally love you. A person can say I love you because they're trying to manipulate and get something out of you. Mm-hmm. Same words. Right. Different experience. And the need when you highlight in that phrase that I read at the end, you will have less need. You know, it goes back to the Neil Donald Walsh's illusions. And that's the first one. The illusion yeah. of need. You know, God has no needs and neither do I. I don't need this to happen. I can desire it. I can enjoy it. I can, you know, from that standpoint, I can intend it into experience, but I don't need it. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. Got it. All right. Glad you got clarity. Beautiful. I do. Thanks. Comments and clarity. Thanks a lot, Galen. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, bye. Okay, so on page, I'm going to go down to page 28, and then I'm going to jump over to something really fast because uh, I want to make sure I leave you with it.
She said she wrote power is ability to produce change. Mind is passive power. Thought is active power. Now, this is a sentence that you might just run past, but this is the whole show. Mind is passive power, potential, possibility. Thought is active power. You now you don't you've turned the ignition on. You've shifted gears. The car's going forward. So your mind is all potentiality because it's the mind of God acting as you. But until you know how to use it, you know, for instance, you know, my almost 15 year old daughter doesn't know how to drive a car. She takes driver's ed this year in our sophomore year. And if she got behind the wheel of a car, she potentially could harm herself and others because she doesn't know how to use the power. And the erroneous things we see in life are being created by people who don't know how to use the power of their minds. So they're crashing into stuff all day. And there are people who know how to use the power to the extent that they can drive race cars on tracks at 200 miles an hour. The average individual can't do that. They're masters in driving automobiles. The average person couldn't control a car in a straight line if it was going at 200 miles an hour. Let alone making turns, dodging in and dodging out. That's the difference between uh, a person who doesn't know, a novice or a beginner, a person who has general, I would say, workability. In other words, they're functional. And then mastery. You can be a person who has a general knowledge of your mind and how it works, or you can be a master. You choose. But all masters put in the work to become masters. All of them do. All right. So I want us to go to page 38. I want to leave you all with this. I jumped over a lot of stuff I know. But you know what? Yet again, I do want you to pay attention to page 33, though, about don't let your thoughts riot. I think that's really important. In other words, getting getting control of your mind. All right. I want us to leave with these three affirmations I want you to work with this week. Page 38. I am what I think. I think life. The life of God is released in me, and I'm alive forevermore. Two, I am what I think. I think the mind of God. The mind of God is released in me, and I'm wise with his wisdom. Three, I am what I think. I think power. The power of God is released in me, and I am daily changed into a likeness truer to him. Now, you can use those. You can change them. You can adapt them. You can do whatever. They're on page 38 of the book. The next chapter we'll teach, obviously, is the chapter, Your Consciousness, Chapter 3. So work with it and continue your growth. I'm here to help support your evolution. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. 
Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Spirituality into your own hands? Bucking corporate religion in favor of finding your own path? Do you cross the boundary between religion and science? Or between religions themselves? Do you like a dose of humor with your truth-seeking? If you answered yes, you're what we call a holy rascal. Join Rabbi Rami Shapiro for How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Central. Rami and his guests will engage in lively, humorous discussions about what it means to be a spiritual human being in the 21st century. How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Repeat the words. God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel, and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify. Spotify. 